Hi, welcome to my podcast, Help Me Rhonda. I'm your host, Dr. Rhonda Cargo. I'm a clinical psychologist, and each episode of this podcast, I present mental health-related information to you in hopes that you'll gain insight into some of your own behavior and also learn some new skills that will help to improve your mental health. So thanks for tuning in today. I'd like to talk about the relationship between shame, perfectionism, and self-medicating. I I will just use those. I will just say self-medicating. I'm going to throw that out there. And as you've heard me say before, there's, there's countless infinite numbers of ways that you can self-medicate. And uh, the one that we're most familiar with in this society is substance abuse. And so today we'll use a lot of drug and alcohol references. Uh, but it, those terms are definitely interchangeable with other forms of compulsive behavior as well. So the idea is that underneath the addiction, underneath all of that is what is I would call a an unbearable pain that the person is in. It's not to let that person off the hook for what they do. I don't mean that. But underneath it all, A is usually almost always a genetic predisposition. Someone in their line of relatives was an alcoholic or several were alcoholics in several different generations back. And so they were born with this genetic predisposition and then they were put in a situation where they maybe didn't feel good enough. And it could be that they had a parent that was very extremely critical and made the child feel like they were responsible for their parent. Or if you imagine, you know, talking to your mom or talking to another relative about how you're doing and then finding out that maybe the information that you shared with one of them got around to all of them. And the next thing you know, there's a lot of misinformation being passed around. Right. Uh, But the thing that I want you to appreciate is that you maybe in a lot of ways, genetically, we're kind of set up for this. And if you were in an environment where you didn't feel good enough, if that's because of being bullied at school or being bullied at home, having parents with standards that are unobtainable and you feeling not good enough because of that. But you hear this time and time and time again among people in recovery is that they felt like they were not good enough and it happens all the time. And so maybe at the core of your addiction or your compulsive behavior, maybe underneath all of that 
is an unbearable pain about you not being good enough. So as a clinical psychologist, what my job is to to find out what the source of that person's unbearable pain is, and we're going to target it in psychotherapy. We're going to treat that unbearable pain and make it bearable again. And we do that using a variety of different techniques that I've talked about in a lot of these videos is, you know, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectical behavior therapy, uh, EMDR, accelerated resolution therapy, some mindfulness-informed psychotherapy. There's lots and lots of different psychotherapies uh, and formats that are really effective depending on what you present with. So I invite you, if this resonates with you and you feel like there's something more there, it's not just that you were drinking to have a good time. If you feel like underneath that really was some kind of trauma of some kind, whether that's big trauma, big T trauma or little T trauma, but having really stressful things that have happened in your life on top of a genetic predisposition. And, you know, that could just, be the two, like I said, stressful life circumstances is like pouring miracle grow on a genetic predisposition that you might have for a lot of mental health conditions, including addiction. There's a strong genetic component for this. So those of you that are especially that are newly sober and especially those of you that are struggling with your sobriety and just haven't figured out what it is yet that is causing you to slip again and again and that despite how much you want to get sober and stay sober, it's like there's a part of you that's getting in the way, okay? I want you to recognize that there are professionals like myself I would say especially mental health professionals that work with a technique or a theory called internal family systems or FIS. I would recommend that you look into that a little bit further because there is a little part of you that doesn't want to get sober and that's the part that we need to heal. And that's the the part that's going to help you to really turn the corner and not turn back because you're going to recognize that your life is so much better when you're sober, but it takes time. In the beginning, it is really, really hard. And what happens is, you know, when you stop drinking, you stopped blotting out your emotions with alcohol. And so you feel pretty raw. You feel very emotional. You can feel depressed. You can feel like you're having an identity crisis. I don't know who I am without alcohol. It's always been a huge part of my life. And I don't know what's going to happen now that I don't have alcohol. How am I going to have fun? You hear those kinds of things lots of times and 
just remembering that <clears throat> so many of us that are in recovery, I haven't had any alcohol in almost 16 years and I'm really excited about that and I'm really grateful for all the people that believed in me and helped me, especially early on in my sobriety. But a lot of us in recovery uh, are aware of the fact that there are these wounded parts of us that really do need to heal. For some people, they heal using the 12 steps. Some people heal them in other spiritual uh, ceremonies, let's say sweat lodges and things like that. Other people might take plant medicine and ayahuasca and things like that in order to work on the the things that they need to work on. An awareness of what's happening and a willingness to work on that. And that's what comes with sobriety is you know, we all have things that we regret doing and and we can feel a tremendous amount of shame about what we did, you know, the guilt, the shame and the remorse. And I have other podcast episodes where I talk about what you can do in order to make that up to other people. But the way that you make it up is you make amends to them either directly see them face to face or on the phone if you can't see them or uh, FaceTime or Zoom or what have you, um, but get in touch with them and, and make an amends to them unless doing so would injure them or others. And that means don't go out here just randomly apologizing to people for things that you did against them without any recognition that Maybe that would be really hurtful. Maybe a way to make that up to them isn't to give them money directly back. If you stole from them, give money directly back to them. You could give money to a charity that they think something of, you know, or something like that. You can find ways to make amends in that way, but it's sort of like a spiritual energy that you're exchanging with yourself and and what you're what you're willing to do for yourself, you know, the boundaries that you're making for yourself. And for anybody that has a lot of shame, if you have perfectionism, that means that you're competitive, which means that you want to beat alcohol, you want to beat drugs, you do not want to let them win. You're going to stay sober no matter what, and you're going to prove to yourself, and you're going to prove to other people how strong you are. You have been a warrior for many lifetimes. You keep getting up and fighting and scratching and kicking and clawing and biting for everything that you get. But here you are, you're still showing up, you're still fighting, and you're still continuing to grow and show up and do the work on yourself. And I'm just amazed by all the people that I have an opportunity to work with. I talked about this when I did an interview with a magazine, a local magazine called Carolina Sparks. Um, and I got interviewed for this um, 
the the cover of their magazine the other day and I was talking about how grateful I am that I get to show up and witness these warriors who get up and just keep fighting they don't give up and they they have lives that are tougher than other people's and yet they just every situation that comes at them man they're just out here out here in the street they're ready for whatever happens they're ready to get it and take it on and kick its ass so you know who you are I think very highly of the folks that are out here that are willing to do the hard work, do the healing, recognize that shame, fear, sadness, anger, those four emotions, we didn't really have any other way to deal with them other than what was the only thing that worked for us, which was a substance. And that was the only thing that worked for us. And that's true for people that go on to develop a substance abuse problem. It is the one thing that helps us to feel better. But for some of us, it is something that feels like it's keeping us alive and it's helping us to just get through the day very different very different than a social drinker that's just gonna have one or two because they're out with their co-workers or whatever no that's not what i'm talking about people that are really truly have problems with their substance use they're having problems in their relationships they're having problems at work and at school and things are falling through the cracks at home and they're not taking care of their pets or their kids or their family or, you know, there's a lot of things that are not going well for this person. That's not what I mean. Okay. Um, it doesn't have to be as dramatic as that, but it can, it can look like that if you're not careful. So if you're starting to have problems, you can still dial back it's a lot easier when you are less you have a lower tolerance to drugs or alcohol it's easier to get off of them as you know i always recommend medical supervision for detox especially from alcohol and benzodiazepines opioids a lot of different substances including alcohol of course is dangerous if you don't do it the proper way if you don't taper off as they say you need time to cut back or your body will go into very serious withdrawal delirium tremens if it's alcohol or benzodiazepines can send you into convulsions for example so it is really it, it is very dangerous to do to stop using certain drugs too abruptly so do seek medical consultation before you decide to stop using drugs or alcohol if you're using heavily. <clears throat> so remember that if you have unbearable pain, find someone that you trust. It could be your sponsor. It could be your therapist. It could be a friend. It could be um, a pastor or 
a faith healer, shaman, what have you. Find someone that's earned your trust that you can share this with and so that they can help you work through it because holding on to all that guilt, shame, and remorse is not good for your sobriety. It's it's poison to carry that around with you and to to carry that guilt, shame, and remorse. It it sets you up to relapse and slip again. And that in turn, of course, makes you just feel worse about yourself. So it's a very vicious cycle. But I would just say that uh, reach out to someone who has earned your trust. You can talk to them about what's going on and you guys can come up with a plan for how to strengthen that part of you. But you can definitely do it. And there's lots of folks out here that are ahead of you, billions of people around the world that have stopped using drugs and alcohol successfully. And I invite you to join the ranks of us that are already here and use the support that's in the community to help support your sobriety. Um, it is, again, not the kind of thing that you want to do alone. It's best if you have support from other people. And if there are people in your life that can support you, I would keep them close to you because uh, you will need support. It's a, it is challenging to, to establish and maintain sobriety. Okay, but you can do it, and there's lots of resources available to you. So I'll drop some of those in the comments in the description for the video today. Thanks for joining me today. I appreciate your time, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks so much. Have a good day.